Hello everybody, my name is Daniel Prince and I'm the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. Joining us is Brecky von Bitcoin, the meme machine, the uh, the CMO of Swan Bitcoin today, uh, coming on to talk all things creativity, all things Bitcoin, all things um, Swan, all things dollar cost averaging. Uh, really, really great fun episode with Brecky. He's a, he's a cool character. Anecdotal little story. Before we started recording, he did a uh, personalized uh, Rick and Morty impression for uh, for Lauren, who uh, she sent across to to one of my friends. Actually, <laughs> it was uh, it was very very good. It was great to see him in action in live doing the Rick and Morty uh, impressions, and um, yeah, very very well received by, uh, by my friend once he received that. So um, yeah, we had fun. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure. Um, Go check out coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten to start your stack and sats journey if you have access to the UK banking system. Don't delay. And um, yeah, enjoy the show. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you uh, afterwards with the final thoughts. Hey guys, welcome to today's show. Uh, special guest today, um, two guys sitting in uh, by the name of uh, Rick and Morty and uh, going to play a little clip just to um, set the scene. Holy crap! Oh, we were inside your mining rig, Rick. This is, this is like a whole planet or something. Thanks, Morty. Pretty proud of this bad boy. Check it out. But an application-specific integrated circuit inside a modified temporal field until a blockchain develops intelligent life. It then introduced that life to the wonders of cryptocurrency, which they now generate on a global scale. And you know, some of it I hold, all the rest I sell on Binance. You old planet sitting around mining crypto for you? That's slavery. It's an economy. They work for each other, Morty. They pay each other. They confirm transactions. They get married and make children that replace them when they get too old to mine crypto. That just sounds like crypto jacking with extra steps. Ooh la la. Someone doesn't care about Lambos. It appears we are being revisited by the alien known as Satoshi, who once gave our world the gift of ASIC box technology, which, when stomped on, generates electricity, powering our homes and businesses, improving our daily lives, while safely removing the dangerous cryptocurrencies to a special disposal volcano. But why has Satoshi returned, and what will he say when he hears about proof of stake? Let's find out. You need to tell these people they're in a mining rig, Rick. It's messed up. There's caterers down there. They're setting up chafing dishes. Would you relax, Morty? There's nothing dishonest about what we're doing. Now slap on these antenna. These people need to think we're aliens. What? Why? Obviously, you really know nothing about mining rigs. <laughs> Well, the, love you love that, yeah. yeah. That I mean, the the maker of this of this clip is none other than uh, Brecky von Bitcoin. Brecky, thanks for thanks for joining us and uh, all of the work that you are doing. Uh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I would just like to say that my clips mean nothing without the the wonderful people behind Rick and Morty itself. I'm just the the humble adapter and. Uh, 
snarky Bitcoin guy who, uh, you know, tries to make it a little bit, a little bit better for, uh, for us crypto folks. Bitcoin folks, delete that. Well, yeah. I, I haven't had coffee, <laughs> sorry. No problem. It's very early. You're part of the world. So, Lauren, what, what question do you have for Brecky? My question is, how do you make the memes and everything? How do I make the memes and everything? That's like, that reminds me of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy question. It's like uh, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Um, Which is 21 times 2, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it depends, you know, making memes is part, you know, one part paying attention to everything else that's going on um, and being open to ideas and just allowing stupid ideas to come out from the back of your head and, you know, not judging them until they've kind of run their course and you just do your best to kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know where the memes come from. They come from somewhere up in this crazy head of mine. Um, but I think it just takes practice. So if, if your dream is to become a meme maker, um, and, uh, and dad who's overlooking you right now, doesn't look like he's happy about that dream. But if that is your dream, then just keep practicing, make memes about whatever you think is, uh, whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you laugh and, uh, you'll get better at it. I promise. <laughs> do you think okay, you've got, do you think you can do all the different accents? Uh, no. <laughs> But, yeah, you um, can. You've already got a great accent. Come on. I'm so jealous so of that jealous accent. That accent. Uh, I don't I, really... Oh, right. You guys invented English, so there's no accents. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daddy, mm -hmm. when you said 21 times 2, that's 42. That is. Don't panic, don't though. Panic, though. Don't, panic. don't panic. This is a really nerdy in intro here. <laughs> it is a very nerdy intro. Do you have any more questions? Uh, No. Okay. But at least everybody likes me, so they're not going to miss it out. No. <laughs> That's what the people are here for, Lauren. That's what uh, John and Andy told me last yeah. night. They're just here to see, just, just here to see me. Okay. Anyways, I have Thanks to go. You. Yep. Bye. Bye. And, um, <laughs> after this podcast, uh, I think you might nap for 50 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Back to bed for brekkie. Bye. Thanks, man. Oh, that's funny. It's a, it's a cool clip. I really, really love it. Um, what gave you – I mean, were you sitting there just watching that episode and thinking, God damn, like, there's so much here? <laughs> I mean, that one when – I, when I, let's see, that was the eighth one I made, I think. So I was already kind of in the – the process was a bit more familiar. So I was – I had my mind in that mode where I would just look at Rick and Morty and think, oh, I could do something with that. Um, and that scene was just like, you know – Anything to do with electricity and power, like I'm always thinking about mining. So, like that—that that was a perfect point over. Yeah, cool, man. Well, um, the, I mean, the life of a mima, right? This, <laughs> this is—it's um, kind of. I mean, is it a new thing? Like, uh, I tweeted out the other day, like CMO is going to become like chief meme officer, and you come straight back and you're like, I've just been made CMO of Swan, uh, which is awesome. That's um, it's, it's an unofficial title. Unofficial title. I, I, I think officially it's creative director, but yes, chief memetic officer. Or uh, Corey sometimes calls me. Uh, Corey's our founder over at Swan, the a general in the great meme money wars, um, which I'm quite partial to as well. Um, but no, memeing is actually I think ancient. You know, I think it, it goes back to you know the the cave paintings in, in Europe. You know. Um, which we live 20 minutes from, by the way, randomly. Really? Oh, very let's cool. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And we were go, there just uh, a few months ago. You should go paint a, uh, a Bitcoin symbol on the, yeah. uh, on the famous <laughs> caves. <laughs> See how they like that. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, not sure no, I'd get to... Oh, go ahead. I, I, I think the gendarmerie would be straight after me. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. You, you know, it is an ancient form of spreading news and stories and um, on what's going on. It's, it is. I mean, I think memes are, are they're often responsive. Like we, we often create them in response to things that we see or uh, ways that we feel. Um, it's just a means of expression. You know, and I think everything from, um, you know, like uh, any classic meme you see on the internet, like you know, some like cat meme or that that girl going oh my god and holding the the, uh, the books and looking really excited, you know, those are memes. But everything up to you know the Mona Lisa is a meme, and and it's a meme on many levels. You know, it was a meme as a painting, and it's also become this sort of idea of you know an unattainable painting kind of thing. So. The, Memes are super interesting. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not quite the expert like uh, like uh, Mr. Bitstein is, um, but I, I do know a little bit, I guess. Where do you get the like the inspiration from? I think it's really being part of it is being open to it. You know, if you train your mind to to look for ideas, then you'll you will often find ideas. You know, I, I know a lot of people who have said to me, um, especially as I've kind of ramped up my art career and like my creative activities are like, Oh, you know, I could never do that. You know, I could never think creative. I can, Oh, how do you come up with something like that? And not just saying that to me, but to anyone who's creative, you'll always see this. And I think that's part of the problem. It's when you, when you think of yourself as somebody who can't be creative, well, guess what? You're not creative, you know? And like a lot of practices that take time and effort, um, like meditation, for example, or I don't know, speed reading and anything that you have to retrain your, your brain, you know, you have to lean into that. And so maybe it's, you know, maybe you have to write a post-it note that says, you know, think creatively and, and hold on to it all day and then look at it when, you know, you're going through your, your everyday activities. But if you keep reminding yourself to try to do your best, then eventually it'll start happening more naturally. But that being said, I don't know that I would recommend it because I can't walk anywhere without thinking to myself, oh, that'd be a great me. You know, like I was on the beach with my dad on Father's Day trying to enjoy myself and I saw, uh, I don't know, what did I see? A group of like girls partying or something. And I was like, shit, I could turn that into a meme. And then I was like, you know what? I'm sitting here I'm trying to enjoy Father's Day. Don't think about memes right now. So uh, fair warning, he might be opening up uh, Pandora's box. Yeah, man, I, I hear you, right? Just looking at a sunset, you just mm-hmm. see the orange bee, right? And, <sighs> every um, time, every time. <laughs> <laughs> or sunrise, listeners, <laughs> um, which would be much more apt. Uh, Come on, Daniel. That- I barely made made it to this recording. I definitely sunsets, <laughs> not not sunrises here. <laughs> was that the same the same day that uh, Andy Estrom was down at the beach um, signing a book for your dad and trying to red pill him? It was. Pill him? It was. Yeah. Andy and I uh, were just going to hang out, and then I I kind of co opted it. I was like, oh, you know, my dad's here. Let's uh, let's red pill him. And Andy was totally game. So that was it was a lot of fun. He's almost there. I think he's almost ninety nine percent ready. Um, Fingers crossed. We'll see. And does he think like you're just crazy? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, you, how can you be paid by a company that sells fake internet money and all you're doing is making weird clips and captions on 
images you're snapshotting from, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, this doesn't compute dad, with, like, older <laughs> generations. It barely computes with me. I'm still, I'm still getting, coming to grips with it. Um, he, luckily, he doesn't live on Twitter like I do, so he, he doesn't see half of what I'm up to. Um, but he, I think he's come to terms with it. You know, uh, I, I used to work in the film industry, which was hard enough for him to, to grasp. Um, so maybe that was kind of priming him for this. So he, he, he's not opposed to using your creativity to make money. And as long as you're, you know, earning your own keep, which I am all, all as well. So, um, I try to explain it and I think he tends to enjoy it. Like I showed him the John Maynard Keynes commercial we did the other day and he was laughing his ass off. So, you know, he, at first it was a magic, it was a career in magic internet money. Now it's a career in magic internet money that pays. So as long as it pays, he, uh, he gets it. It's all about the incentives. And what's the backstory? Where, where are you guys from originally? Uh, family wise. I mean, yeah. I grew up, I grew up in uh, South Florida, um, made my way out to LA, uh, after going to school in Philadelphia, I went to UPenn, um, studied, uh, propaganda and Russian studies and a little bit of film, which kind of paved the way for my, my Bitcoin and my creative endeavors later. Um, and then basically when I moved out to LA, I worked in the film industry for a little bit. So I worked for a big producer. Um, I then went and got my MFA in producing at the American Film Institute, um, made a movie or two, and then quickly realized that I much prefer watching movies to making movies. Um, and about that time was kind of when I um, dove back into crypto and later Bitcoin. Um, I will admit I was a shitcoiner. I'm not proud of it, but uh, here we are. Got me where I am today. Shout out to Marty and Matt for turning me into a Bitcoiner. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the evolution of getting here. Man, we've all we've all done it, right? I've even written in my book. There's a sentence in my book that says, "You know, I'm excited to find cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin, Dash, and Ethereum." And I'd like read it now. I'm like, God damn, <laughs> that's in print. Like, you know what, what am I going to do? You know what? This <laughs> takes us back to the memes, though. Because, mm. like, why, you know, I used to show, like, what did I used to show without even understanding a damn thing about EOS? Oh, my God. I was just trying to pump my own bags. I was just, I was so excited. I, I watched, like, a Brock Pierce speech, and it was all this, like, lovey-dovey Burning Man bullshit. And, uh, and I still watch that speech sometimes because it's really inspiring, you know? Um, the ideas are inspired, but he was using it to inspire in a direction that I don't agree with anymore. Um, but it, it all comes down to memes and marketing. Like if you look at a lot of the um, ICOs that did really well or initially did really well, you know, they had massive marketing budgets and a lot of them still do. And, you know, when, when you, when you look at, at how that can play out, we, you know, we often see that it is kind of like meteoric rise and then fall because they've got all this money to burn and they use it to get all these users on board and people get excited, but like, there's no, there's nothing organic about that versus comparing it to Bitcoin and like you're part of the marketing team, I'm part of the marketing team, your listeners right now are part of the marketing team and long run it's way more powerful. So yeah, completely agree. And you know, that's that's a great point. Like um what's what's happening now in in this space like the the quality of the memes that are being put out. Um you know, whether it's uh, from yourself or some of the other well-known memers in the space, like you, you're kind of like channeling each other. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no, 
I mean, it's like, I, I, I guess it's a friendly competition. Like, uh, it's a very well, like, it's all kind of open source. You're all happy to share each other's memes and then layer on top of it and give each other, um, like, a direction in another way. Um, and this is very unmarketing, right? Usually, marketing or advertising is very cutthroat and it's mm-hmm. full of copyrights and whatever else. So it's a different, a whole different sphere. It's, it's almost, it's very open source. It's very Bitcoin. You know, it's, uh, you're right. Like in the, the regular marketing world, it can be very cutthroat. Here, I think we all recognize that by building on each other's success and lauding each other's success and encouraging each other, you know, it, it's just overall better for Bitcoin and therefore better for everyone else. You know, Bitcoin, I think it's Bitcoin Tina who says this over and over again, that, you know, Bitcoin is the system that uh, it causes people to want to, to make the environment better, um, and because it improves the ever like your personal standing as well as everyone else's, and it's this feedback loop of constant improvement. Um, and I think it applies up and you know from top of the chain to the bottom with regards to you know like uh, from the development side of Bitcoin all the way to the the grassroots marketing side of Bitcoin. You know everything we're we're, ref- we're all constantly refining. Um, and I don't know maybe in another industry you might see people get pissed off when you know someone else releases a book about Bitcoin and then somebody else releases another one, but not, but here it's like, Oh, another book about Bitcoin. Awesome. You know, like, yeah, I've never seen an industry like this and, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. And I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but uh, as long as we get to have fun along the way, you know, I think it's all going to work out. Yeah, for sure. So like the quality of, if we come back to the quality of the memes and if we both, I think we both agree we're in a meme war against um, mainstream media, um, It's certainly in the uh, in the world of uh, like finance and modern monetary theory and whatever else, can they? I mean, I, I don't see them having a chance really. Like to <laughs> to like you know, like you said, the, the the only difference is the amount of money they have, the deep pockets. But what we have on the Bitcoin, the Bitcoin side is one already a great foundation. Two, more and more people being inspired to come in and make memes and you know figure out how to do this. And three, they're doing it for nothing, for pure passion, mm-hmm. to educate. That can't lose. I mean, I agree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's tough. I've had this talk with a lot of people um, where there are these Bitcoiners who will say that you know the success of Bitcoin is, is inevitable, that it's baked into the protocol, it's baked into how Bitcoin actually works. Um, and that what we are doing as educators and memers and artists and thinkers is fantastic, but that it can only do so much that it's only, you know, helping some people and that, you know, eventually everyone will learn about Bitcoin. And I actually agree with those folks to some extent, but, um, actually, sorry, there's an airplane flying over. That's fine. Can't really hear it. Ah, cheers. Um, yeah. So some people will basically say that there's, there's only so much that we can do. And, and I, I agree to an extent um, Bitcoin's going to do what it's going to do. I think number go up is a powerful meme in and of itself, and it's going to drive people towards Bitcoin uh, again, as it has in the past. Um, but I also think that it, it's up to us um, to educate and to kind of mitigate some of the damage that that's that some of the painful lessons that people might have along the way. Um, you know, like if there was no point to what we're doing, then why are any of us doing it? You know, and and I, I just I can't believe that that's an accurate way to, to think of the world. You know, I, I 
I have to believe that we can have some sort of positive impact on people and we can prevent people from learning some of the hard lessons that we learned. And even if it's only, you know, 1% of people, um, then that's still a good thing. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with, it's like aiming for perfection. You're never going to get there, but you still need to try. Yeah. And like the biggest, I think the biggest obstacle for, for us at the moment is, you know, we can post as much as we like on Bitcoin Twitter, but it's breaking we're out. just bouncing ideas around off each other, right? How, mm-hmm. how do we break out of that? What, what's the, the secret source? I, I know you guys must think about this a great deal at Swan. We do. Um, one of the things we're focused on is trying to find these sort of adjacent verticals, um, these adjacent areas where um, they are likely friendly to Bitcoin or would be friendly if they had the right uh, messaging. Um, you know, these can be people like, you know, our libertarian friends or preppers or um, any sort any sort of group of people that, you know, is halfway primed for Bitcoin is somewhere that we're looking. Um, <clears throat> but there's, uh, you know, this is the hardest part, I think. And I think a lot of people have struggled with this and it's, there's no easy answer. I've tried, even, even the blockchain and Morty stuff, um, it started off as me kind of exploring then crypto and later Bitcoin. Um, but I later thought that, oh, you know, maybe I'll be able to use this to kind of break out into uh, non-Bitcoin circles. Like, oh, maybe the Rick and Morty fans will all like this. And I'll tell you, it actually happened once. One of the episodes went viral on Twitter and went out into normie Twitter, and it was horrible. They all hated me. They were like, who the hell ruined Rick and Morty with this crypto bullshit? What is this? And I was just, I was mortified. I was, I, I was mortified, okay? I was mortified. Um, but, you know, I think that's just one instance. You know, that's one group of fans that uh, are very loyal to their, their, their thing and don't want to see it... Uh, uh, I don't know, crypto-fied, let's say. But, but it was mean, in their eyes, right? It was in their eyes and ears. So there's a win. You know what? You're right. Like, what do they say? It takes two or three touches to really get, get to someone. So, all right, if I was that first touch, maybe uh, uh, your podcast can be the second and third. So we'll, we'll see. We just need, um, you know, I had Knut on once and he was like, mm-hmm. uh, he's a big um, South Park fan. And, you know, like big dream, like write a, a South Park script to, about Bitcoin and get those guys. Um, I've done that too. You haven't seen oh, you that have? you've done, I've not done, I've not seen the South, you've seen the, you've done the South Park stuff? I, I did it once. Uh, it, it's a video called Nuriel is a Troll and it just makes fun of Nuriel Rubini. Uh, but, but there's a great part in there where, where Wendy is talking about uh, censorship resistance and Bitcoin and uh, yeah, I'll send it to you if you like it. Yeah, I'll go dig it out on Twitter. For sure. Yeah. I, I can't believe I've missed it. But, you know, if one of these guys were to – it's appeared in The Simpsons, right? Bitcoin, has it not? Oh, I think a couple of times. I mean, Bitcoin's been in a lot of shows, um, mm. at least mentioned. You know, so it's in the zeitgeist. It's just a matter of drip feeding it more and more slowly, I think. Not, slow, not more and more slowly, sorry, but more often. When you were uh, studying propaganda – um, mm-hmm. back in your, your days of university. Um, what were the like, uh, top like one to three like posters or memes, whatever you want to call them that you can remember that just like, you know, resonated with you and, uh, like, wow, that, that was just genius. Sure. Um, so I wasn't studying memes per se. I was more studying at the time I was studying how, uh, 
different types of governments use their national film industries for propaganda purposes. Because um, I, I had been studying international relations and I was trying to merge my film interest with my international relations interest. Um, and what was really eye-opening was just how some governments use, use their film industries in ways that you wouldn't even realize. Um, this was probably right before I was getting, um, going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole and kind of having my, my eyes opened and having to relearn a lot of the things about the world in terms of, you know, Austrian economics and all that. So with like national film industries, for example, and you know, maybe I was just a dumb kid enjoying Michael Bay movies, but like every time you see a military helicopter in a Michael Bay movie, the military is involved. You know, anytime you see the American military portrayed in, in film or TV and a lot of TV, um, there's a partnership there and it's very uh, purposeful. And the U.S. military makes friends with the film industry in order to kind of push the American agenda across the world and get people to, you know, be aware of and recognize the power of the United States. And you may not even realize it. Uh, you know, cause think about it, like a, an aircraft carrier or a $50 million like helicopter, you know, movies have a lot of money, but they don't have that kind of money. They need the partnerships to make that kind of thing work. And it, it applies to other film industries as well. Um, it's, it's all propaganda. Um, and that was just something when, when I realized how much the, the state was actually involved in, uh, in the movie industry, uh, that was powerful for me. And that's something I'll always remember and remember that we have to, uh, not necessarily fight against, but just be aware of. Did that change your enjoyment of watching movies after coming to that realization? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I think I can distance myself. You know, like I still enjoy watching, you know, uh, an American war movie, you know, I, then afterwards I might, uh, you know, rethink uh, my position on it, but it's still, I can still enjoy it. Also, you know, the one thing about about at least the American war movies, that kind of thing, and the, the American war machine is it, it's built off American ideals. So like you're watching a movie and they're fighting for freedom, which is kind of a very nebulous thing. And I can always be behind fighting for freedom. But, you know, then if I go look at what's actually going on in the Middle East, let's say, you know, they're not really fighting for freedom. That's when I, when I will separate myself from it. Um, but, you know, that kind of shows the power of propaganda. Like, you can go into a movie that could ostensibly be about something, you know, horrible, like neo-colonialism, whatever. And you're just amped up because they've got you, you know, you're, they're, they're giving, feeding you images of brotherhood and, and working together and all these things. But meanwhile, they're distracting you from what's on the other side of all that. So, and one yeah. thing I also say is like propaganda is just a tool. Like everyone uses it. It's neither good nor bad. Um, it has a bad connotation, but that's only because you, realize it's propaganda when it's bad propaganda and it's not done well. And so you don't realize. Um, hmm. Interesting. You know, I'd never ever thought about, you know, what you've just been saying about like the American military. And basically mm-hmm. now I, I just view that what you've just explained to me, it's just like product placement. Exactly. You know? That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, it, I don't advise going down the rabbit hole too often because it might ruin everything for you. But, uh, you know, if you're ever with all this Corona stuff, maybe not, but if you're, if you're out and about walking around town, like challenge yourself to look around and, and call out propaganda to yourself when you see it. And it's everywhere. It's in commercial advertising. It's, it's in how we design our buildings. It's, 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 you know, messaging is everything. And programming human beings to think a certain way is, has been around a long time. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, accents. How <laughs> the hell do you do them? Like you, you, you're clearly very, very gifted in in that way. Um, obviously, it takes a lot of study and a lot of practice. But um, are there any like secrets to the art of? Uh... Are there any secrets to the art? No, that's not good. <laughs> um, I think it is just practice and maybe having a bit of an ear for it. I've always loved languages and. Uh, I was lucky to travel when I was younger, and anytime I, I was always that that annoying person who, when they met someone with an accent, would be just be constantly trying to do it. Um, but yeah, it's practice. It's um, looking out for like the little idiosyncrasies, and I, I just like I enjoy the differences in the way people say words. I find it like incredibly interesting. Like uh, a really snobby like British accent. No offense, not like yours. But, like a really posh British accent saying like a word like like presume. Like in, in the way I would say it is presume, but then presume, you know, like like these syllables extend for seconds and seconds, and they just go on and on, and it, it's kind of beautiful in a way. Um, but that's me nerding out on on accents. So yeah, yeah, it's it's very you know, when you listen to the Queen talk, like you know, like the, it's almost the opposite. Like it's very clipped, and uh, it's um, yeah, really, I, I just can't do it. I uh, just have no. Uh, so what do you have up your sleeve um have you got i know you're doing um well tell the listeners some of the ads and stuff that you've uh you've you've released sure, sure. so so far we've done a a john maynard Keynes ad where he, he comes back from the dead uh very apologetic for his sins and um he's now going down the bitcoin rabbit hole um we did this recently for swan bitcoin for uh stefan Levera. Um, I think we're going to do a, a few more with, with uh, Sir John. He's going to come back, make an appearance. Um, we might do some. Uh, I think the historical figures just play really well, and you know they're not going to come back and yell at us for this kind of stuff. So, you know, doing like JFK and talking about going to the moon is definitely one on our list. Uh, I'm thinking about doing Kaiser Wilhelm um, in the Weimar Republic and talking about hyperinflation and all that. Which might be uh, might be kind of funny. Um, Churchill, Churchill's on the list. Um, although I don't know these days, all, all our past leaders are under attack, so I don't want to bring any controversy on Swan. Um, although if I did a, a voice of Churchill saying to tear down his own statue, that might be pretty funny. But uh, we'll see. We, we try to stay away from the politics at Swan. You know, it's more important to focus on the. Uh, on the goal of being a uh, your Bitcoin wingman. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, who? I mean, do you, do you have like um, like weekly like brainstorms creativity, or is it just like open forum? Anyone can pitch in. You know, even Bitcoin Twitter. If you've got any ideas, <laughs> just just get hold of Brecky and like throw it sure. down. Yeah, for the listeners, if you have a Swan meme idea, hit us up. Um, you know, we should actually maybe talk about. Uh, so the Swan Force and Swan Arsenal. Uh, no, sorry, not Swan Arsenal, the Bitcoin Arsenal. Um, but maybe I'll get into that in a sec. Basically, you're right. It's open season for memes. Anybody on the Swan team who has an idea, we're just constantly going back and forth and sending memes and ideas, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, as you said before, like, memes are iterative. And so, you know, we might see something on Twitter and uh, come up and give us an idea. It'll give us a whole new idea. Um, but... At Swan, we're, you know, we're doing something bigger than just selling Bitcoin. Um, and I think 
how would you describe it? It's like we're, we're building a community, you know? So we have something called the Swan Force, which is essentially our referral program. It allows people to get paid for recruiting Bitcoiners. Um, in Swan, we are adamantly Bitcoin only. We will be Bitcoin only forever. And if we do our jobs properly, we're going to put ourselves out of business because we're, you know, everyone's going to have Bitcoin. Um, and we are 100% okay with that. Um, your, your listeners know about Swan already, or should I do the, the standard pitch? Do the pitch, man. Make sure people know exactly what's going down. Sure. So uh, you can go to swanbitcoin.com. But basically what we do is we auto-fund U.S. dollars from your bank account. We let you auto-stack BTC automatically. So buying automatically on a regular schedule so you can dollar cost average. Um, and optionally, we have auto-withdrawals to your, pers- to your uh, private wallets. Um, so we are the, we're only in the United States for now. Uh, Puerto Rico as well. No New York. Um, but we, within the, the U.S., we are the easiest, most affordable place to buy Bitcoin automatically. Um, pretty simple. And you know, marketing, like I said, education is our marketing. Um, so we are always putting out good content and love to support content creators. Um, so we like to think that we're far more than just you know, a Bitcoin on-ramp. Now, that being said, we have the Swan Force. And uh, our founder, Corey Clifton, um, loves absolutely loves Top Gun, which is a movie that is perfect for making memes. Um, so our, our <laughs> part of the idea behind this is we basically created um, kind of like a, eh, I wouldn't call it a military vibe, but kind of a military vibe um, for the referral system where we want people to feel like they're part of the team, you know, and we're all fighting for Bitcoin. So there is a slight militaristic vibe here, but, uh, you know, nothing, nothing that your government's going to worry about. Um, and part of Swan Force, um, which I think this was another Corey idea as well that's brilliant, is we do these uh, amazing landing pages. So if you go to like swanbitcoin.com slash, uh, well, I was going to say Kaiser, but slash once bitten, uh, <laughs> I think that's right, yep. you can see. But basically it'll have like your picture and a quote from you and it'll welcome your users to the website. And um, I don't know, I think it just makes a, uh, a referral page that much more personal. Um, and is hopefully helping to foster the sort of community between people. Um, now, you know, we do have these like education efforts and we have Swan Signal Live, which is another great podcast that we do live because it's Swan Signal Live. Um, but we also are putting something out called the Arsenal. Um, and what this is basically going to be is like a repository of me, well, definitely memes, but also things like, um, you know, slide decks and presentations and podcasts. And basically it's going to be an a arsenal that Bitcoiners can use to educate and help fight the fight. Um, it's going to be uh, administered by us. You know, like we're going to oversee it at Swan, but it's going to become a, like a full-on community resource. Um, we're going to allow submissions from everyone. Um, and we want it to grow over time and kind of take on a life of its own. And basically, you know, somebody says something like, Bitcoin waste energy and you can go right to the arsenal, click on the energy category and hopefully find, you know, a hundred memes to get your point across that no Bitcoin does not waste energy. Um, so that's the idea. We're really excited about it. Um, got a little bit of uh, back end work. So hopefully within a month or so, eh, let's, let's call it a month. You can yell at me in a month. If uh, the first version of arsenal is now. That's a great idea, man. Like fight the FUD and getting ahead of that, right? Because mm-hmm. it's coming. You know, it's it's coming hard because when we get this next bull run, it's just going to be, 
it's going to be worse than I think ever before for the FUD. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, like we like to think that, you know, we've been educating and people are going to know, but they're not, um, you know, Bitcoin is going to go crazy. Alts are going to pump a little bit with it. And the same things that we saw in 2017 are going to happen again. You know, the fraudsters are going to come right back out of the woodwork because, you know, human nature doesn't change, which is why we need Bitcoin. Um, so it's going to be an interesting time, but that's kind of the idea with this, with this arsenal is that, you know, we're creating an army of Bitcoiners. Um, and the whole idea with Swan and where this all kind of ties in is, you know, we're, we're trying to create this, this, this base of Bitcoiners that is so large that no matter what anyone, anyone wants to do, any government, they're not going to be able to shut it down. You know, when, if there are 10 million Bitcoiners in the United States, like that's not an insignificant number. Um, and I bet some of them are going to be the kids of politicians and, and high-ranking people, and if they're not already. And so once we're at that point, you know, we're going to the moon, baby. <laughs> you heard it here first. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and you know, just going back to the FUD, um, what I what I see happening is exactly what you you know just um, kind of like uh, explained. I'm they are going to do the classic thing on mainstream media, wheel out these experts in air quotes mm-hmm. they're going to come on and do like this 38 second nonsense piece on like squawk box or cnbc or like the news <laughs> at 10 or whatever and you i know for a fact i'm probably going to be throwing shit at the tv <laughs> you know <laughs> it's going to be so damn annoying um so yeah you know that's where i see um you know a big fight on our hands going forward but what can you yeah. do? I mean, um, you know what though? Like, let's be hopeful. Like, even now, like people, having folks like Paul Tudor Jones owning Bitcoin and Joe Squawk, like I think some of these people have been around a few cycles already. And like Joe Squawk, for example, you know, he's been hating on Bitcoin forever. So you know, maybe he's on our side, and we'll see. You know, it's got to be hopeful. Got to be hopeful. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, what's um, what else can you tell us about? Um, Swan, because you know, this is the reason you're here. Um, brand new company seems to be taking Twitter by storm, seems to be like you know, almost I, I, you know, the team being put together. Like, um, every other podcast seems to be somehow affiliated with Swan in some way, uh, <laughs> which is just incredible. I, I can't, um, you know, I can't, you know, my, my hat goes straight off to Corey and Jan, who have both been on the show themselves. Like, the, the, it's like unstoppable and what are the what's the feel you're getting from like the the people that are signing up and using the service Mm -hmm. and um like the the future growth i mean it's i definitely agree with you i i think it is all kind of stems from like a power vacuum not a power vacuum but a a lot of companies just weren't listening to people they weren't listening to bitcoiners and what they wanted and Corey and jan and brady and everyone on the swan team realize that and you know we're like you know what we're going to give the people what they want what they want is bitcoin uh what they want is good educational resources um and i think what they want is also a backbone you know there are plenty of people who have who who like altcoins and trading and that's fine i'm not here to judge that but you know for the people like look at like bull bitcoin for example another fantastic company that sticks to their guns also and has personality and you know when companies like that i think 
they, they, they're kind of destined for greatness. They grow and they respond to this, to the void that's left by companies that don't have a backbone, right? Uh, Coinbase. Um, <laughs> you know, so I don't know. What was the question? I was just, you know, waxing philosophical about, about Swan there. Yeah, about like the the <laughs> what you guys have seen from from the marketplace and like yeah. the uh, the success and how quickly it's moving. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's we're, I think we're at that point of hopefully no return where where a lot of our community members are just doing things without us even asking. You know, in the beginning we'd be like, hey, here's an idea for a meme or something like that. And, uh, you know, somebody might do it, and now we've got you know a thriving Telegram group and people just making like Swan art and Swan things to sell and that, you know, we're not even affiliated with it, just getting excited about it. Um, and I think it, it's because we listen, you know, like we have a telegram group. If you have a complaint about the product, come complain. And you know what? Jan Pritzker, author of the invented Bitcoin will probably handle it within a few hours because he doesn't, that man doesn't sleep, you know, and they care about, about their users. Um, and I don't know, you just can't really beat that. It's a company by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners and for pre-coiners and new coiners. Um, and, you know, what's not to love about that? And for, I think for the what, for the first time, a company is actually kind of embodying some of the, the ethos of Bitcoin. Um, you know, you go buy Bitcoin off of an exchange, all these places. Like, they're very high time preference places. You know, they're meant to kind of... <laughs> It's like going into a casino. Like, they pump oxygen in, in, into, into the room and they draw you towards, uh, uh, you know, all these things that are bad for you. You know, at Swan, we just want what's good for you. You know, we want you to dollar cost average. We want you to buy Bitcoin on a regular schedule. We want you to forget about the price and, you know, think long term. Um, and uh, most of us live it. Like, I haven't, I haven't bought Bitcoin, uh, like, I've done a one-time buy in months. And, like, the only time I look at the price is to know what kind of memes I should be posting. Like, I don't mm. care about the price. Um, and not everyone's there, and that's okay. But, you know, they'll get there. And for those who want one-time buys, we'll be having that soon too. But, uh, you know, it's it's just – I'll be honest. I, every day working at Swan, it doesn't feel like work. And I, I feel very – one of the first times in my life I've been able to say that. And it, it's a very amazing feeling. I hope anyone listening will have it one day too. But what it translates to is a great company and a great output, you know, and I think a great experience. And I think even – would I be doxing him? No, I wouldn't be doxing him. You know, I'm going to give a shout out to one of the most toxic people in the world. His name is Dieter Bob. Okay, Dieter Bob on Twitter is like the president of the Bitcoin taco carnivore plebs. Uh, and as much as that guy annoys the hell out of me, he's a great guy because he sticks to his guns and he's, you know, I don't want to get into the whole toxicity argument here. But, you know, he's like the, the moral signpost for a lot of these people. And so far, we're, we haven't been on a shit list. And so far, he has supported us, and, which means that I know we're doing our job. Because if, if he supports us, we're, we're in the clear. We're doing good. Um, shit, I went on a Dieter Bob tangent. I, I need some more coffee. Daniel. <laughs> what, you, what am I doing there? It's... Um... No, it's a good point, man. Like you know, uh, and that is the thing about Bitcoin Twitter, right? You, you you've you, you take one little step in the wrong direction, and shit's gonna get thrown at you. And we, mm-hmm. we're seeing that happening. You know, it played out a couple of weeks ago between Corey and Raúl. Um, you know, some <laughs> decisions being made on the, the other side of the fence. Um, 
you know, a platform many of us really, really uh, liked, um, yes, recommended. Yes, of, of the past tense there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the educational journey, is, I suppose, of um, you, you, can, you can see it now, right? You can see it in people, like, where they're at, where they're at on the line. And you know they'll get there. Mm-hmm. You know it. Um, because that's what Bitcoin does to you. Yeah, it's just painful because, you know, when someone who has a very large platform doesn't take the same time that, that you've taken to get to your position, and you know that they haven't, you know, like they just physically could not have done that amount of research to get to the position that they're now sticking to, it, it, it's annoying. Because um, you know that they're going to set a lot of people back. Um, but is what it is. That's why we say do your own research, not do real visions research. <laughs> <laughs> Although Real Vision, if you're listening, I don't, I don't really read your stuff or follow you, so don't come after me. Go after Corey. Yeah, that, that's been done. I think I think they've all been blocked to each other, and uh, yeah, move on, check back in a couple of years. But um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, to your point that it is that kind of place where you know you're held accountable, and um, you know, as as a as we should be. Uh, you know, this is what we're here for. We're here, we're here to educate and um, like you guys are doing, um, you know, supply that service. Um, all right, man. Well, what do you think, um, dare I ask you, the the next five years? Like um, <laughs> your thoughts? I know you said earlier you, you don't care about price. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I waver between extreme hopefulness because of Bitcoin to extreme depression because of what's going on in the world. Um, I, I don't know where we're headed. Uh, man, I feel like there's a chance that, you know, all of the, this kind of the craziness in the world right now results in a better world, but there's also a huge chance that, you know, things get darker before they get lighter. Um, and, you know, Bitcoin is, I think a lot of people like say this, but Bitcoin definitely does give me hope. It's, it's the one thing that, uh, is constant, you know, and uh, I think it will mean that eventually things will be okay. But in the meantime, you know, I, I just, what I would, what I would like is for us to onboard as many Bitcoiners as we can, you know, like, unfortunately I think of Bitcoin partially as, as like a lifeboat. Um, and I think we need to get as many people onto the lifeboat as possible. And that doesn't mean the big banks, it doesn't mean the big companies, it means the people, um, and so, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Yes, Bitcoin doesn't need us. Yes, Bitcoin will succeed. But Bitcoin wasn't, I don't, I don't know why Bitcoin was created, but I think Bitcoin was created to help people. Um, and if we're not actually getting those people on board um, and not doing our best to do so, then, you know, what are we doing here? And we're just pumping mm-hmm. our bags and that's bullshit. So not bullshit. Pumping bags is great. But we can pump bags and help people. You know, it's incentives. And Bitcoin has the best incentive system I've ever seen. Yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you're not allowed to uh, to share any kind of numbers with us, but um, new Bitcoin is being created every day, right? Through oh, yeah. your service, um, you know, and and the other ones that are out there. I, I did a recording with um, uh, Friar Hass, and you know, the the, D, the DCA king, and like, you know, mm-hmm. you can go to his Twitter and like, bang, 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 bang. He lists them. Any new country that. Um, company that comes out in, around the world in different countries that are serving, you know, Bitcoin only, dollar cost average, um, you know, he's all over it. Um, so that it's happening, right? Like, you know, this is thousands a day, right? Thousands of people per day, without doubt, whether that's just at 
swan or mm-hmm. you know across like however many let's let's say there's five really committed companies out there doing this what do you think per day then new uh, new accounts I, I don't know about new accounts but i the, the one exciting thing though is like with dollar cost averaging with recurring buys in whatever format they are like we're adding constant buy pressure to bitcoin you know it's one time buys are great but like it's a blip on, on the charts you know what th- this is really People who commit to buying a certain amount of Bitcoin every month, every day, every year, like that's that's the best for Bitcoin, um, and it's going to help us get to where we want to go. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a recurring Bitcoin savings plan with Swan, please get one. But uh, if you don't want to use Swan or you're in a different country, it doesn't matter. You know, there's a million. There's a, the, the number of services is growing, and that's good for Bitcoin. It's good for Swan. It's good for everyone. Um, so just start doing it. Dollar cost average. Buy some Bitcoin. What about our um, What about our people in New York? What's What's the update? Um, uh, with that, Ben Lasky. Um, mm. We are working on it. Um, I think it. We might be able. I can't give specifics, but I think we might be able to service New York in the. I don't know. Relatively near, nebulous future. Sorry for the terrible answer, but it's on our <laughs> list. We're working on it. Um, yeah, that was just a. I don't want to talk about Ben Lasky. He, he upsets me. The guy, you know, passes this law and then he goes and consults for these companies that need the bid license. Like, come on, get out of here. Yeah. Well, for for those listeners that that don't know, um, yeah. I mean, did I know? I know you just brushed over it very quickly. Yeah, it's, but, it's uh, very difficult to to provide Bitcoin and crypto related services in the state of New York um, because of something known as the bid license, which um, Ben Lasky is responsible for. Um, it's a very, very high hoop, and for a lot of startups, it is not an easy hoop to jump through. Um, yeah, that's that's just the matter at hand. That's that's. So that's the way it. I understood it, he he was working for like uh, the the regulatory um, mm-hmm. bodies, put all these yeah. regulations in place, pushed them through, then quit, then went and founded his own company to help and charge ridiculous amounts of money yes. to help people get through the regulations that he forced through and put in place and wrote in the first place. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> it does uh, not end well for that guy, you know? I mean, just, I think it, end, it ended very well. He's doing very well for himself, you know? But karma, like, Bitcoin oh, no. karma in particular. Eventually, it won't end well, yes. Bit karma. Ah, bit karma. I like that. We need a meme. We need a bit karma meme. Mm-hmm. I've got a few like that. What's the... I always love taking like Dalai Lama quotes and, and Bitcoinifying them. There's one I love where it's, um, uh, you should, how does it go? You should learn, you should spend 20 minutes learning about Bitcoin every single day. But if you don't have 20 minutes to learn about Bitcoin every day, you should sit down and learn about Bitcoin for an hour. There you go. So funny. And there's a reason the Dalai Lama wears orange. <laughs> He's a, if the Dalai Lama used money, he would be a Bitcoiner, that's for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. I think we need a, a little meme with um, just a little white B on the llama's tunic next uh, next big tweet that goes around. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> or send him a swan brooch that Max Kaiser wears on his uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the swan is a Buddhist uh, symbol or meme. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll do some research. Oh, yeah, nice. There's got to be some kind of, uh, you know, what is the spirit side of uh, of the animal swan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can get into that. We're actually, um, 
we'll do a little teaser here. We're going to be putting out something really awesome, um, basically a comic book almost. So we're currently working on some characters. Um, Tommy from uh, BTC Media is, is working on them for us. Um, he's a fantastic illustrator. Um, so we're going to start off with three characters, one of which is the Swan. Uh, and he's kind of like a cool, calm Humphrey Bogart meets Dean Martin, kind of, you know, swan in a tuxedo kind of thing. Uh, we're going to have a character called Max, short for Maxine, or Maximalist. Uh, and she's like this bombshell, brilliant Bitcoiner, redhead kind of woman. Um, and then we're also going to have Neo, the white rabbit. Um, and there's kind of going to be a sort of Matrix vibe going on. Uh, but basically, this is going to feed into Arsenal. And we're going to be putting out like comic book stories and using these for memes. But then we're going to hopefully get the Swan community involved and you know, do some contests for like, you know, best uh, fan art and things like that and have them make their own comics. Um, we just like, we just want to have fun and we want our users and our community to have fun. So be on the lookout for that as well. Great, great way to educate, right? There's, uh, there's a bunch of guys um, in the UK, the Britcoiners, uh, working Brit on the same kind of oh, like Britcoiners, man. Yeah, there's, uh, <laughs> and um, doing it, doing their own thing, doing great things. Um, 21ism is uh, what it's all going to be uh, branded under, mm -hmm. uh, getting a few sneak peeks. And comics make so much sense. They make so much sense. Mm -hmm. You know, how we, we all learned reading comics growing up. Um, you know, it's just massive selling opportunity to to get people learning about it especially the younger kids right well that's the thing also and like to tie it all back into memes like visuals are so important you know like there's that you know stupid adage you know a picture to, pictures worth a thousand words but it's true um when you have striking visuals or you have something unique that no one's seen before you know it's way more prone to to go viral or if it's weird you know like weird imagery is good you know, you want to kind of break up the monotony of the Twitter, the Twitter scroll, you know, you know, you get people to stop and say, what the hell is this? And if you've done that, well, you know, now you've got them and you can, you can preach Bitcoin, you can preach whatever you want. Um, but, you know, that's something I always try to remember is, is you know, unique content can go viral very easily um, and it will do a lot of the work for you. Um, even porting over things that like just mixing things together that shouldn't be together. You know, you never know what's going to work. Like Rick and Marty and crypto. Like, okay, it seems like a perfect synergy, but, you know, at the time, maybe not. And it, it, it just gets people's attention. And that's what we have to do. You said that earlier, that it went viral. I mean, what does that mean? I have no, like, um, like mm. how many hits and views and what, what's kind of considered viral these days? Uh, I think it's a scale. It definitely didn't go worldwide viral, but uh, most of the blockchain and Marty videos got... I don't know, fifty to a hundred thousand views nice. a week or so, something like that. That was when I when I stopped making movies. I, I was like, I'm, I could spend two years working on a feature film that, that no one sees, or I could spend two days working on a video that everyone sees. And I was like, all right, this is this is way more powerful. Yeah, think about that. That like, you know, how does that make you think about the film industry then, like going forward? And what, what's happened right now, like COVID, mm -hmm. like no one's been able to complete a movie for like two months. What are you, do you have any insights? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting time, right? Because like, as you've said, like people aren't making movies. I think it, it is creating an interesting opportunity though. Um, I saw an article the other day about a group of, of young filmmakers who, who shot an entire feature film using Zoom. They did it over just over Zoom calls. 
Um, and you know, we're at a time now where anyone with a with internet access and a computer can use open source software. Um, there's open source video editing, audio editing, animation tools. Like there are, is, if you have internet and you have a decent laptop, you have no no excuses for not being able to learn a skill or learn how to tell stories. Um, and so. What I would like to see, I don't know if we're going to see it, is is kind of like a revolution in terms of who's making content. Um, and we've seen it before. We've seen like there's, there was a Snapchat movie that somebody filmed all over Snapchat. And not that I you know, advocate for that, but uh, it's it's definitely the times are changing, and the film industry itself has a lot of kind of dinosaur relics that are still a part of it. Um, you know the uh, representation agencies, like the uh, talent agencies. They're great. Like, like I used to work for one. They're it's kind of the hub of where deals get made and all these movies get made. But like, they're not always necessary. Um, and it, how do you? How do I say this? Like, I don't think they're going anywhere in the same way that like I don't think fiat money is going anywhere anytime soon. But I think what's going to happen is that their importance is going to gradually lessen over time. You know, gradually, then suddenly they won't be needed anymore. Um, you know, there's a tool called MindShow um, that we're I'm exploring using it for Swan as well um, with the comic book characters because basically what Mindshow is, is it's a virtual reality app um, where you pick a setting, you pick your characters um, and then you can, and some limited props and you can hop into those characters, act out the different parts um, and you can do this all by yourself. And then you take a third person position and you use like a, call it a video camera within the game environment to film the action that you've just created and you end up with incredibly high quality, um, like fully rendered animation. Um, now think about that. Like it takes Pixar years to make a, a crazy movie. Right. And with some animation tools, you know, with a $2,000 VR computer setup, you know, you could make something similar. That's, you know, that's democratizing these tools and making them available to everyone. And that, I don't know where it's going to lead us, but I think, I, you know, I'm very hopeful. Like, like people are going to, to create things that we can't even, we can't even begin to imagine. And that's exciting to me. So I don't know where the film industry is going, but I know where it could go and where it could go is exciting. And, uh, we'll see. Imagine a big blockbuster release, like a big, you know, summer blockbuster or Christmas. And like the caveat are out of the studio is, um, to be paid only by Bitcoin, if you want to come watch the movie, <laughs> that uh, would be a stunt. <laughs> it, it, it would be. It would be. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, like uh, it, maybe. I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of like uh, of like Roger Ver, like trying to force restaurants to accept to be cash, um, and like it's a free world if people want to do that. But I'm 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 all about Bitcoin being an opt in system, so I, I would never want to force anyone to use it. Uh, give them a discount though. That I would do, like half off if you uh, if you off, if you pay in Bitcoin. That's that for me is that's the ultimate signal. Mm-hmm. When when we start seeing merchants um, accept a discount for Bitcoin for mm-hmm. the product or service that they're offering, you know, hold on tight. Mm-hmm. Or even, that, you wouldn't even have to pay for it. Like imagine a instead of a paywall, imagine like a Bitcoin wall where you have to sign it. You have to prove that you own some Bitcoin. You don't even have to send it anywhere, um, and then you get access to the content. Like that would be pretty cool. Um, maybe we got to talk to like Ty. You know Ty who built the Bitcoin Citadel in VR. 
Ty, Ty Romoto, I always butcher his last name, but that would be pretty cool. Like a ticket to a Bitcoin online Bitcoin conference isn't an actual ticket. It's just signing and showing that you own some Bitcoin, however small amount that is. Yeah, interesting. There's going to be, I mean, this is what's so exciting about the space. There's, there's just so much, so many different paths that the mm-hmm. people can can start getting involved in. Now, what do you say to people that are out there thinking, God damn, I wish I could work for a, a Bitcoin company and I want to leave my day job. I want to work in Bitcoin. I want to, you know, I, but I just don't know what my skills are. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you totally can. You know, there are limited jobs, that's for sure. But, you know, I met all the people I know in the Bitcoin industry, either through conferences, through Telegram or through Twitter and through getting to know them. Um, and the thing is, like, Bitcoin companies, they don't always know what they, they need. You know, if you think about it, a lot of these, these companies are startups and a lot of the folks on the team are, all, are, are devs or, or they're very technical-minded. But if you have a skill that you think they need and you can demonstrate why they need it, well, all bets are off. You know, like, point to Swan and show them that memes are important. And, you know, maybe you can, you can monetize your memes also. Um, now, granted, like, you know, we've simplified what I do for Swan. You know, it is not all sitting around coming up with memes. Um, there are, you know, there are other skills that you need to have. But that being said, like, what are, what's a skill that you can't learn on the, on the Internet that wouldn't help you get a job in Bitcoin? Like, you can learn everything you need to. And it's just a matter of practice. And I think even within, um, like, we have the Swan Arsenal, the Bitcoin Arsenal, like I mentioned, and we have Swan Force. And part of Swan Force is we have like a couple of uh, like Twitter and, and uh, Telegram groups where it's just a bunch of like elite meme, uh, meme artists, basically. If they wanted to, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they all had jobs working in the Bitcoin industry, uh, like in the next few years, because, you know, half of them are better at this than I am. Um, most of them are better at this than I am. I've just been around a little bit longer. So, um, yeah, I mean, just don't get discouraged. Keep looking for opportunities. Do what you can. Offer to like do open source source work. You know, like don't expect to get paid immediately. Um, granted, this is like kind of a privileged position to be in, or you just use your your free time. You know, but like find a company you like, find someone you like who you would want to work for, and demonstrate value. Like that's always been my um, kind of like my modus operandi. Like. Like demonstrate value, demonstrate why they couldn't exist without you. You know, what, why are you unique? Dive into what makes you unique and, and demonstrate it, you know? And that's such a great, sorry, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say why, uh, ah, shit. Yeah. You made me forget my idea. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that, you know, what you're saying there is brilliant, is resonating with me because, and I'm sure many listeners, um, have painted themselves into a career that they had probably no idea they would ever con- mm-hmm. consider doing when they were, you know, going through um, college or even high school. And now here they are, you know, they might have a couple of kids and married and like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've got to bring in the dollars, but spending a ton of spare time in this Bitcoin space and just working on stuff that they are just naturally drawn to do and passionate about. So Bitcoin, I I think is like, um, you know, it's helping people find their, their true calling. If that sounds corny, let me know. But it's, I mean, it's definitely corny, but you know, we're, we're a bit corny people. So that's, that's okay. 
if you are from the normie world and you're listening to this podcast, uh, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, there you go, listeners. You you know, find that passion and, and hone it, and start reaching out to Bitcoin startups. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, just do that. <laughs> Hit people up. I mean, here's the other thing about Bitcoin Twitter and like Bitcoin, Bitcoin, I almost said Bitcoiners, Bitcoiners, is that, you know, most of the people here want to change the world and make it a better place, I think. Um, some of them just want to get rich in there. That's fine. But, you know, a lot of them are here to make change. And if you also want to make change and people see that, like, well, they'll want to work with you. Like, I'm, I'm a naturally not, I don't trust people easily, you know, like if I, if you interact with me on Twitter, like it's probably like a good three or four months before I like follow you because I'm just like, ah, who's this guy? I don't you know who's this person. But, you know, once you lower people's defenses a little bit and they, they'll take you seriously or you've put out a piece of content or something that's just like brilliant, like most people are willing to look and like you'd be, you'd be really stupid if you, if you don't look at every opportunity. And you don't look at every creative mind out there that could be a, a help to Bitcoin because like we all want Bitcoin to su- succeed, um, which means that you need to be open to every possible avenue to that success. Um, whether it's, you know, adding a, a chief memetic officer to your team or it's, you know, hiring another dev, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, I think the companies that, that fail to recognize that there are opportunities in other places besides you know, adding a new feature to the app, um, you know, culture is a feature to your app also. Um, memes are a feature. Um, the, something like Swan Force is a feature and, and doing it in a way that no one else has, has done it, like these like vanity pages that we offer, not vanity pages, like custom welcome pages, like that builds a trust and, and, and has an effect on people's minds when they sign up for Swan. Like if you used uh, Daniel's link to sign up for Swan, like you're probably going to remember that you used his link forever. And there's that link there. He's the guy who got you to start dollar cost averaging. That's powerful. You know, um, I got off topic again. I need more coffee. Can we do this at a later hour, Daniel? Why, why are you doing this to me? Okay. <laughs> Actually, it's 1040. I have no excuse. I need to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that was a good rant. And it was probably the um, a, a perfect place to wrap up because uh, you were, you were on fire. Um, where can people come and find you and, uh, and interact and not get followed back for three months? <laughs> no, that's not, that's not always true. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm way more liberal with my follow backs than I, than I used to be. And I make a point of never blocking anyone, but if you shill nano as a response to any of my posts, I will mute you and you will never hear from me again. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, BVBTC. Um, if you're interested in my artwork, um, I also do sculptures and things like that websites in the works, but you can go to vonbitcoinart.com. Also, if you want shitty t-shirts that have the Bitcoin symbol and funny memes on them, you can go to just vonbitcoin.com. And one last chill. I also work for a company called Tantra Labs, um, and we are going to be coming out with a interest, uh, and an interesting app because it gives you interest on your Bitcoin. Um, that's not our tagline. We're still working on it. But basically, we are going to blow BlockFi and Celsius out of the water. It's going to be awesome. Um, we're going to be Bitcoin only, which I'm excited about. And I'll tell you more about that later. Man, that's a nice little tease. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and um, 
sharing all your insights and your knowledge. And um, thanks for all of the meme work that you put out there and uh, keeping us all entertained, man. It's, uh, it's brilliant stuff. You know, Daniel, time for another corny joke. Meme work makes the dream work. Is that, is that right? I get that. Yeah, I got that right. Meme work makes the dream work. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We'll take care. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's guest, Brecky von Bitcoin. Um, what a character. He's, uh, I, I mean, it's not often you find that person that's found the perfect job, right? Found the perfect calling in life. And, y- you know, he, man, he's in a great place right now, personally. Imagine like, you know, you get to do what you love around people you really respect in a sector that just sets you on fire um and you know it gets to call that a job that's uh that's brilliant that's um a shining example for us all um i think you know whether you're 10 years into a career or just thinking about starting one um you know use brecky's um example here and you know start reaching out to people and uh, figuring out that that change you need to make if that's what you're looking for um Really, you know, very, very interesting. Um, his path, how he got to uh, where he is, really loved uh, his his openness, his honesty, um, where he thinks um, this is going to go, and um, the memoirs, and uh, how important they are against mainstream media right now. And there's so much great work being done in this space, and so many people are doing it for free. You know, they're, they're just out there every day. Uh, they might even only have a couple of hundred followers on Twitter, but they're doing it. They're making this amazing content that that just in the hope that one person sees that and it resonates with them. And who knows, it might be the 10th touch point that Bitcoin has come across their feed and they're like, all right, fine, what is this thing? You know, I'll order a book, I'll listen to a podcast, um, perhaps I'll download a wallet, whatever it is. Or they'll, they'll ask their annoying Bitcoin mate down the pub, they'll finally send them a text like, hey, you know, Mm. I know I've been telling you to shut up for the last two years, but would you mind actually telling me a little bit about this now? Um, that's what we're here for. And, you know, anyone can join the meme wars. You know, this is a call to arms, people. Flip open your laptop, you know, download an image, go to giphy.com or something, whatever, um, you know, YouTube, WikiHow, whatever, you know, figure out how to make a meme, fire one up, get it out there, tag Bitcoin uh, uh, Brecky. Uh, hashtag Bitcoin, um, you know, uh, include self-banked, uh, Ryan Draycott, Hodler Than Thou. These guys, they're all going to be there to um, to help you out, to, to spread the news and uh, and share ideas. Um, it's it's this is the space. This is our time. Let's uh, let's get on it. Let's let's win this silent meme war. This this propaganda. Um, and I don't see how we can lose. Uh, you know the the. <laughs> It's all there for us. It's all there to use. It's so easy. There's zero barrier to entry. And uh, pretty much like Bitcoin these days, guys, right? Uh, almost zero, zero barrier to entry. Lovely little segue into talking about Swan again and what they're doing for um, for the US. And you guys can um, you know, set up uh, a daily, a weekly, a monthly um, uh, you know, uh, debit from your bank account. It's that, it's that simple. It's just direct debit. Set it up. Set it up once and forget it. You know, set it up like uh, a couple of times a week, take um, 20 bucks or a couple of times uh, a month, take uh, 30 bucks, whatever it is. You know, start slow. 
that's the key. Start slow. Yes, you might be hating me if the thing moons and like, why didn't I buy more? Why didn't I buy more? This this is not what we're here for. Just stack, stack through the next bull run, stack through the next, you know, bear market. And, um, you know, see this through, see you on the other side in 10 years. Uh, always be learning, always be uh, open uh, to uh, exploring new rabbit holes. You know, what is the technology? And start figuring out who are the people that um, you might be able to add value to. Uh, because if you have a skill set and they're building a company and you might be able to, uh, you might be able to add value, then reach out to them because this space is very, very unique. People get back to you. People give you the time of day. People will put you in touch with someone else. It's an incredible um, sector. It, it's it's growing. It's going to be exciting. It's going to look so different in five years. I think we'll all look back in five years' time and be like, "Huh? Do you remember when there's only a few thousand of us, like you know, you know, beating this drum?" Um, but this is what we're here for. We're building this groundwork, and you guys can be a part of it. You know, go meme yourselves silly. Let's. Um, let's let's just not give up let's uh let's let's keep going so thanks for listening guys head over to coinfloor.co.uk forward slash bitten if uh you're uk based then you want to start your stacking sats over there and uh don't forget swanbitcoin.com forward slash once bitten sorry brecky uh no go ahead use brecky's um use brecky's affiliate code uh, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we, um, we affiliates, we get like a, a tiny, tiny commission, but I think you guys get 10 bucks dropped in as soon as you open an account via an affiliate link and, um, go check the affiliate links out. They're cool. Um, the, the, the way they're doing this at Swan, uh, every affiliate link is different, has, um, a quote from the, the person that's made it, their, their, um, artwork, the cover of their book, whatever it is they've done and, um, drawn them into kind of like the, the swan um signal the swan force signal then um yeah everyone's it, it's cool it's fun it's just part it's fun to be a part of and uh i urge you guys to go and um check them out so have a good one thanks for sharing thanks for liking thanks for commenting everything as always um very very humbling uh, and uh, glad i'm adding value in some in some way shape or form uh, to you guys that are listening and enjoying the show Take care and um, see you on the next one. Bye-bye.